As Deborah mentioned in the beginning of our time of worship, uh, we're in a season, really, in a series where we're focusing in on um, exploring discipleship together. And we're framing that series um, with this saying that Jonathan has mentioned and Deborah's mentioned uh, of simply our everyday yes to God. And so for the next number of weeks, all the way up until Advent through November, we're going to be focusing on different aspects of discipleship, all within this invitation to consider our everyday yes to God. Um, a couple weeks ago, we looked at really, really focused in on that everyday piece, how we found that in the scriptures, um, how our everyday lives are, are the material that God has asked us to work with. Um, and we took a look at our practice of Eucharist, um, which once again, we have some wonderful bounty from, um, from our garden out, out, outside. Um, uh, this next few weeks, we're going to be looking at um, what does it mean to neighbor well? Um, certainly a part of, uh, of discipleship is to love neighbor, right? Um, and um, in some ways, I just want to take Eucharist after Michael's reflection. I think it kind of summed up really the heart of what we were getting at. I don't know if Michael connected with Jonathan on that music, but it's a beautiful thing when all these elements just come together. Um, and we know we're, we're, God is up to something, right? So for our scripture reading today, it's going to lead into our teaching, which is in just a little bit. We're going to do, a, we're going to do our scripture reading. And how we're going to do that is meditatively together. And so I'm going to read this story. It's a story from Luke chapter 10. And I, I'm going to do it as best as I can. And I want to invite you to just hear it and to note what catches your attention, especially in terms of neighboring well. And we're just going to kind of let that idea of discipleship fill this room and see what the Spirit of God wants to do with us. Um, so let me read this. If you want to close your eyes, you can. Um, See what catches your attention um, from this passage in, in Luke's gospel. After these things, the Lord commissioned 72 others and sent them on ahead in pairs to every city and place he was about to go. He said to them, Jesus said to them, The harvest is bigger than you can imagine, but there are few workers. Therefore, Plead with the Lord of the harvest to send out workers for his harvest. Go. Be warned, though, that I'm sending you out as lambs among wolves. Carry no wallet, no bag, no sandals. Don't even greet anyone along the way. Whenever you enter a house, first say, may peace be on this house. If anyone there shares God's peace, then your peace will rest on that person. If not, your blessing will return to you. Remain in this house, eating and drinking whatever they set before you, for workers deserve their pay. Don't move from house to house. Whenever you enter a city and its people welcome you, eat what they set before you. Heal the sick who are there and say to them, God's kingdom has come upon you. Whenever you enter a city and the people don't welcome you, Go out into the streets and say, as a complaint against you, we brush off the dust of your city that is collected on our feet. But know this, God's kingdom has come to you. I assure you that Sodom will be better off on judgment day than that city. And this is the word of the Lord. <laughs> Turn to one or two people next to you. I want to invite you 
and just without explanation or a bunch of like background, just share what caught your attention in the reading of that story this time. All right, I'm just going to give you a few minutes. Go for it. Um, let's hear from a few of you. What, what caught your attention in this story? Or, or what caught your neighbor's attention that you thought was really helpful or cool or funny or something? Eat what's put before you. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, Beth. Yeah, danger. There's danger throughout this. Yeah. yeah. What else? All the unfriendly people. That's right. No, not unfriendly. Quiet. Whatever. However, all the J's. Um, <laughs> introverts. Okay. I, I found, though, I get in trouble when I say that, too, because anyways, I'm, I'm just in trouble right now. Um, I love all people. Uh, others, what caught your attention? Yeah. Leave your stuff. Yeah. Don't make reservations online beforehand. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody else? Yeah. Carolyn. Yes. Words of blessing. Yeah. Thank you. Go together. Yeah. Go in pairs. Mm-hmm. We're going to keep worshiping, but keep keep this passage in your mind because Sonia and I are going to come back to it um, in a minute. Um, but let's uh, let's continue to think about neighboring well and following Jesus with our everyday yes and sing another song and, and pray together and then we'll engage this passage again. Like Josh said, we're looking at Luke 10, um, talking about neighboring well. And we're doing this together this morning, this little experiment. So I will look at a little bit, and then Josh will come up and do the same, and we'll go back and forth to try and create energy in the room regarding that passage. And um, the greatest commandment, love your neighbors as yourselves. Uh, I think that that passage was, it was pretty clear First of all, the, the commandments of Jesus, Jesus' commissioning to his followers is not a passive commissioning. And I know this is hard in our postmodern, post-Christian context in our culture, um, but as people of faith, the commissioning, like Carolyn said, the authority to bless others, this is not passive. It is active. And so Josh and I had some fun, a fun time pulling out five verbs from this passage that we took notice of in this non-passive commissioning of disciples of Christ. And the first one I'm going to get at a little bit, and then Josh will come up with some, the next one. Go. These are the five. Spoiler alert. They're all listed up there. But I'm going to start with the first one, which is go, and it has an exclamation mark in the scriptures. Go. I thought of um, my dad, who, if you know my story at all, was a quadriplegic, and he was probably the most immobile person, according to his physical condition, uh, immobile, paralyzed, 
uh, restricted to a wheelchair. But my dad was the most mobile person in his personality, in his faith, in his love for the people and love for the world. And so when I thought of Go and somebody that is commissioned to bless others, I thought of my dad. And um, this is just an interesting word to me. Got a little symbol. Um, Dad was always loving others. And at his funeral uh, 16 years ago, some of the most random people came to, to, to honor his life. One of the people from the gas station showed up because every time my dad went to get gas in his vehicle, he would bless that person. And um, it was very memorable in so many of us. Um, anyway, go. Think of all the random places we go. Some of them carry much more weight than others. Uh, ordinary ones, the bank, schools, classrooms, um, grocery, go for a walk, go for a drive, sit on the freeway, ordinary places. And then the ones that carry more weight, hospitals, universities, courthouses, jails. Think of all the places we go and that authority to bless the people we encounter in those places. Um, I like what was mentioned about taking risk. Uh, there's wolves. We all have our wolves. You know who your wolves are. And as we go with blessing, those wolves aren't going to go away. But if, if we're able to name them and just kind of knock out that fear, given the authority of Jesus to bless, um, it could be really really life-giving. Um, I liked what it said, I think Gabe mentioned, don't carry anything. We all carry different things, literally and figuratively. <laughs> we carry so much. And um, that stood out to me as, you know, we all have our bag of tricks. You know your bag of tricks. Whatever it is that you carry, that you think it is that you need in order to bless someone. Um, maybe we don't need that stuff. I know I don't need all my bags of tricks. They change throughout life, different seasons, different things that we depend on. But um, this is a very simple commissioning to bless. So that's go. I'm going to just, uh, this was our congregational go. This was our last Sunday in the Methodist Church basement where we rented for several years and we were growing out of the place and this property 303 West was on the table and it had been discerned that we would go and receive this gift, this property, and a lot of us were hesitant because in our bag of tricks and in our wolf wolfiness, we were like, oh, what about all these concerns about owning a building and, and going to, you know, to this new neighborhood? But in our go here, we were able to start digging up the soil, start rebuilding this place, and even start listening to a new neighborhood. And... You, don't, you might not know it, but you are all still a part of this, this go moment for us. So Josh is going to come up with the next word, which is say. Um. 
Yeah, and again, we're talking about neighboring well. Um, that it, it, I think we're invited in this passage to go, and we're invited to say some things, like Carolyn said. Um, I was working on the baseball field one day a couple years ago, and this guy who was kind of like took a lot of pride in being over in charge of the baseball field at the time, um, I, I came up, to, and he didn't like too many people helping him. He just had it a particular way, and so it was always this like, woe is me, I'm in charge of all this, but nobody's allowed to touch it kind of thing. And so I, uh, you all are smiling in connection with either having done that or experienced that. Um, but I went up to him and I said, you know, can I, what, what can I do? You know, he's like, oh yeah, what can you say to help? Like that. And I'm like, I kind of like that actually. It fits my personality a little bit. Um, and uh, and that, that's kind of stuck with me. I know he was being very sarcastic at the time. Um, but I think it's a good question for us um, as we think about neighboring well, if we in, enter into this passage, what can we say to help? What can we say? What are we invited to say um, to neighbor well? Because um, certainly actions speak louder than words, absolutely. Um, uh, doing justice, being kind and merciful matters. Um, and sometimes that takes words. And we're invited to say some things when we, when we think about um, neighboring well. Um, I'm, I'm curious by, or interested in what is said in this passage. It's not up there, but um, the disciples are invited to say, first off, peace. Um, and this is in a context of Pax Romana, so Roman peace, peace by military victory, peace by punishment, if you get out of line. Um, and yet Jesus is inviting these disciples to enter and to lead with peace. Um, it's a different kind of peace. It's a peace of well-being. Um, the word shalom is this grounded, integrated, relational, embodied peace. Um, and I wonder what it would look like today for us to enter spaces where we're loving neighbor, um, able to articulate in a vernacular that might even be familiar with the wolves, um, but to say something completely different, to say peace, um, to say well-being in this place. Um, and it's just saying some things sometimes can really be of a, a way of loving neighbor that opens up an imagination that might not have been there. Um, the second thing the disciples are invited to, to say is similar. The kingdom of God is at hand. Eat what's before you. Heal people. Um, come alongside the sick and say the kingdom of God is at hand. There is a newness, a togetherness here that needs to be named. And sometimes it's not until we name things that we can even see what's already there. Does that make sense? Um, and I think neighboring well sometimes asks us to do that. Um, this happened for me, uh, to me this weekend at the retreat. The retreat was awesome. Many of you were there. We had so much fun. And um, uh, one of the people who were there was Maricela and her son, David. And Maricela is a... Uh, um, connected with our church. He lives here locally, does some co-housing with people connected to our church, is part of the school, also volunteers regularly at the IRC, if you don't know her. Um, but she came up to me afterwards, and this is, you know, Sunday afternoon. Um, I have said this was probably the most relaxing retreat I've experienced with Mountainside, so that was awesome. Thank you, Mountain, uh, retreat team. Um, 
But, but nonetheless, Sunday after, of retreat, right? You've stayed up late, you're tired, you're just kind of ready to, to head home. And Maricela came up to me, and she just, she, she looked at me, and then she looked across this open field that everything was centered on, and she just said, this is beautiful. And it was peace. It was, it was love. Um, it was naming something bigger than just the little basketball game going on, just the little conversation over here, just the little, you know, smash ball that was happening over here. It was, it was looking at the hole and saying, this is beautiful. Um, neighboring well sometimes is bringing words of perspective to a moment that can name stuff that's going on. So the, uh, the other verb we caught on to, Eat, big part of neighboring well. I think a lot of us imagine that at times. Uh, mainly as having people in, or being hospitable, hosting. And in this passage, it kind of flips that hospitality, implying that, no, you're going to go to people's tables. You're going to go and bless, and you're going to be at other people's tables, where you are the guest. You are not only a guest at your neighbor's table, you're a guest at God's table. And um, I thought of several, there are so many examples of, of so many of us who go to other people's tables and are blessed by that. This one came to mind. This was an invitation from the Muslim community, our friend Esma, and um, some of the people at the mosque. Occasionally we do, um, we take turns doing hospitality to one another. And in this particular um, meal, you'll see Gabe there kind of paying real close attention to what's being said. You'll see Katie with Hudson. <laughs> and this was a, a holiday. I can't remember which one, but it had to do with one of the narratives in the Old Testament. And they were, um, the point of the meal was to celebrate the Muslim holiday together and then to um, learn about how that narrative in the Old Testament is different than the Christian tradition. And um, yes, there's a lot of intense religious dialogue. <laughs> there is a lot of disagreement. There is a lot of, uh, you know, spirited people with strong opinions on the doctrine and the history and the Old Testament. And some of that stuff is so, it's, it's almost like it's, we can't even engage it because I'm not an Old Testament scholar, and if I were to like raise my hand, you know, it's, it's, it's tricky how we do these exchanges. However, because there's a meal, and because there's a table, and we're being blessed at that table, it is almost as if that is as simple as the Christian gospel can be, is that we, we go and we receive the blessing, and we eat with our neighbors, and we learn from our neighbors, and they learn from us, and we have this peace. Um, think of all the tables you've, you've been to, and try and think of how meaningful those meals are when, when you're the guest, when you're receiving something from another. Um, I think of camping trips we've been invited on where we don't know many people, and we, one of them in particular is through friends at the school who do this big camping trip, and they have all these just really random groups of people on this trip, and 
sometimes there's a language barrier. Sometimes it just feels like the United Nations because there's all these different cultures there. And, but the best part of it is when we come in together for those meals. Even if communication is, is hard or <laughs> anxiety-provoking, <laughs> Jay, you know, <laughs> speaking and communicating, it, it's not always easy. <laughs> um, but the food and preparing the food, the cleaning of dishes, together with neighbors, together with people who are so different from us, um, that is the blessing, and that is where Christ can lead us into peace with neighbors. Um, so we eat what we're, what we're given, and it's simple, and it's beautiful, and it's a universal idea. Go for it, Josh. Um. The disciples are invited, if peace is experienced, if meal is shared, to remain, to stay put. Um, some, some of this was for safety. This is a dangerous context. They're told already, don't talk to people, don't take your stuff with you, offer peace if it's not there, take off. So some of, some of remaining is God's instructions for safety. Um, for his children, which is a wonderful thing to think about in discipleship, that God, um, God cares about our safety and our place. Um, I think some of it is for the call and the work, too, that remaining in a place um, opens up um, possibilities for saying everyday yeses to God um, that just take time to nurture. They just take time to develop. Um, Michael, thanks for sharing like the context of your vocation narrative in terms of your family. Um, that's a, a familial remaining that has produced um, just powerful witness and work here in LA, and it was so great to hear a little bit about that. Um, and so for us, um, in our everydays, I wonder what, what a call to remain um, might feel like. Sometimes that might feel awesome when you're where you're at and you like where you're at and you're excited where you're at. You can see and envision kind of what you're called to be and do in that place. Remaining sounds like, sign me up. But oftentimes we find ourselves in places where, uh, maybe, maybe not. Some days yes, some days no. Um, and so a call to remain um, can be a challenging call. Um, and yet I think there's power even in those places to at least consider, all right, what, what would it mean for me to remain um, until God really makes something clear um, in terms of opening up something new? Um, this has happened for our church. This is another one of those cool connections. I want to introduce some people real quick before I tell this story. I didn't know that Rachel was going to be here today. This is Rachel Luvanya. Rachel, welcome. Her friend, Vanessa. And um, I was already planning on telling a little story about Rachel, and so I, I now have her permission, even though, you know, now that she's here. Um, we met Rachel years ago. Rachel was a high school student in the Monrovia Youth Alliance. And for those of you who don't know, this was a, a work that our, our relationship that our church connect, uh, created, cultivated um, years and years ago. And Rachel was one of the students, right? Rachel in the Monrovia Youth Alliance. 
Um, Rachel went on to participate in a leadership conference um, here in Monrovia. She graduated from high school here in Monrovia. There's some pictures up here, I think, that I have. And this leadership training was developed by Heather um, Greer, um, who was a part of our church at the time. Rachel went on and graduated uh, once again. Um, lots of achievement and um, is now um, here in our community, not as, as a, just a vibrant member and um, doing a lot of amazing work with the IRC. Rachel is now volunteering. Um, how often are you? I know you're here at least once a week, Rachel, but just two days a week. We're so thankful for those <laughs> two days of the week, Rachel. Those are, I, I wouldn't put a just in there. That, that's for my, that means you're one of our most faithful volunteers. Um, and uh, it is so fun to see Connections with Ulysses Gutierrez, who you see on the left, that was started years and years ago. Relationships with Rachel and many others. And Rachel has remained. Ulysses has remained. Mountainside Communion has remained. And it's that remaining that God has used in powerful ways to um, create relationships of support and connection, to um, nurture, get started, and now sustain um, the Immigration Resource Center, and it's all because of this this practice of remaining. Um, a very cool announcement is that um, Ulysses connected the IRC with Max and Martha of Max's Mexican Restaurant down on Huntington, and they just recently got their citizenship uh, through the IRC, which is awesome. And so Ulysses and them are going to host one of our next open houses, fundraisers. It's going to be a breakfast in a couple of weeks at Max's. Um, and, and they even said to, to, my, to me, they're like, Josh, we don't even care if you're there. We're going to have a party to celebrate his citizenship. It's going to be a fundraiser, and we'll send you the check. And I said, I am not going to miss that party. I will be there. Um, all of that is just narratives and stories of the power of remaining. Oh, you had one more. You can skip that. Skip we'll go that. Yeah. That's that's actually that's Tamara. Tamara's being quoted. She probably, yeah, she said that. <laughs> uh, the final one that stood out to us is heal. Heal might not sound like a super. Um, uh, tangible, active verb, but I think God is always in the business of healing us. And as these people were commissioned, healing was a part of that. And it was interesting, we caught on to the 72 that were sent in this passage were were actually going out before Jesus was going to come to those cities. So they were given authority to heal before Jesus even encountered those places. Sit with that for a minute. Think of your own healing, stories in your life when you've experienced healing from God. And then Think of the times in your life when you've participated in the healing of others as God has healed others around you. Um, I think there's something really big here. And if we sit with it, 
I think it can just get bigger and bigger. Um, so many of us have stories of healing in our lives. And the glory goes to God in those. Um, but I don't want to minimize the role that other people have played in those stories. So yes, God is glorified. God is the healer. And it's a community of people that help each other heal. It's a journey that we are on together. No one is isolated. Um, this is a, a drawing of, um, sorry, painting. The Good Samaritan, the parable we looked at a few weeks ago from the, oh, my text got weird on the slide. Um, the peasants of Salentiname, I think Adam mentioned those, uh, those artists and those people that have produced this wonderful artwork. Um, the Good Samaritan, I think, helps us with the action verb of healing. Um, but for me this time, I was putting myself in the place of the, the man on the road who needed healing as I reflected on this. Sometimes we want to be the Good Samaritan. <laughs> Some of us want to be the Good Samaritan way too much all the time, and we can't stop. We can't stop being the Good Samaritan. <laughs> but the person who's wounded on the road is also us, also me, the person next to you, the children coming in. Um, so we can place ourselves there as well in this story. Welcome back, kids. This is a picture from our family when two of us needed healing. Fisher's long-term illness early on was a physical healing that he needed, and mine was a heart, mind, and soul healing. And through Fisher's healing, I was healed. And it was kind of this, like, experience of being healed with and alongside people who are right in front of us. And as we imagine this, I don't want to minimize the role of healing within our family, families and households. Um, spouses do this together. Children and parents do this together. Grandparents, aunts and uncles, we do this together. So I wanted to share that little piece with you all. The picture on the right is Kurt and Sasha and Fisher trying to sing Francis out of me because my due date had come. And in that season for me of pregnancy and childbirth is when I experienced massive healing in my heart. But that picture reminded me of the role that others play in our stories of healing if we're paying attention and if we welcome it and if we admit that we need healing. I'll take this off screen before my kids come in. Um, <laughs> And this is the table, the table of God, where we're guests. We're guests. And 
We are welcome. We are always coming to and from God's table, and we celebrate this every Sunday. So if you're new with us, this is an open table. All are welcome at our table, at God's table. And um, as we prepare for communion, do we have everyone back? We have some more coming in. Welcome back. Welcome back. As we prepare for communion, I want you to hold those five words. Go, say, eat, remain, and heal. Hold those words this week as we go. But first we're going to we're going to receive. So, servers, please come forward.